The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. All right, let's do it. Let's flip it over here. On the uh, Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. He is Bart Gregory, one of the voices of Mississippi State sports on the SEC Network and SEC Network Plus, online and radio, pregame, postgame, football. You hear him all the time, year-round, and you're going to hear him some more right now on your radio here on our show, on the Divini phone, Bart Gregory. Bart, a good Tuesday to you, sir. Hope you're doing well. Hey, so Dion got the boombox back? Well, somebody texted here, Ready Teddy, texted my show here and says he already got it back, and he sent me a picture of him standing there with it. Um, And and I can neither confirm nor deny it's legit, but it looks legit. It looks like he got it back, Bart. Okay, so have you ever heard my, my scooter story? I mean, I'll be real quick with this. No, hit it's me. Been about five or six, it's been about five or six years ago when my girls were real small. And we had these scooters, okay? You know, you see them at ball games all the time. These kids ride around, and they kick themselves along on these scooters. Well, anyway, I had them in the back of my truck. And it was when we were living downtown here in Starville. And about 2.30 in the morning one morning, we heard a ruckus outside and saw two kids leaving on those scooters. They stole my scooters, my <laughs> little girl's scooters. And so I got in the car and tried to chase. I could not find them in Starville. And the more I – it was 1.30 in the morning, 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. And the more I drove, the matter I got. And so I sent out like three tweets about how low of a human being you have to be to mm-hmm. steal a kid's scooter. Mm-hmm. And the next day, they brought them back because one of the guys <laughs> follows me on Twitter and he felt bad about it. He was college <laughs> students. Yeah. So they were college students who stole them. And yeah. one of them even follows you on Twitter. Yeah, he felt ashamed. He felt ashamed. And he, was, he brought the scooters back. And, and Jen was there when they were bringing them back. And he apologized profusely and apologized. And he was so sorry. And that uh, after reading Twitter and seeing it on Twitter, he he did, he realized he made a mistake. <laughs> That's a true story. You know, of all the things, like shaming someone into bringing stolen <laughs> items back <laughs> on Twitter, no less. Yes. I mean, that is fantastic. Yes. Man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, uh, Bart, um, the Saints tried to bring the trophy back to New Orleans, but they didn't quite get there. And you were there for the game on Sunday. That's what I want. I saw your pictures and stuff, and I was wondering what it was like. You you went to the Saints and Bucks game. What was the? Start me off with what the atmosphere was like, Bart. Well, first of all, you know how it is. It's just a party outside going to games, and you know so much about the, the game day experience is what happens before the game of just getting to the dome, but. Yeah, there was nobody around, even the dome. I mean, just driving in, parking, and there, there was not a whole lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you got in, I mean, it was it was reduced capacity. What five thousand people there? All the seats were in a lower bowl, and it was a uh, it was just very different, man. I'm telling you, you know, some of the loudest times of my life have been in that stadium, you know, watching the Saints play, and you know, for it to be kind of what we experienced a lot this year with with college football. You know, it, it was it was it was eerily quiet. For such a big game, and you know, well, we're two years removed from you know the the no call against St. Louis, and then 
you know, last year, you know, losing to the Vikings. And so it's it, usually when you get to this time of year, it's a full, you know, full fledged rocket, you know, it, it's crazy. And so, um, it was, it was very much relaxed, but hmm. you kind of felt sorry for the, for the, for the, you know, the team, the, the people of New Orleans who wanted to see the Saints play, but, yeah. you know, they were kind of, they're restricted probably as hard as anybody in the NFL by, you know, the, by the local government. And so it's, uh, it really made it tough. So in the college games this year, Bart, state games, one thing I experienced was, you know, in varying degrees in all of the stadiums, everything you said going to the stadium, no people around the stadium, the lack of noise before the game, you notice all that. But, like, once kickoff happened for, like, these Mississippi State games, I noticed my mind just totally went away, and I enjoyed football the same way I always enjoy football. So like, whether fans were there or not didn't affect that once we had kickoff for me. What about for you as a fan? Was it kind of that way in there? Even though there weren't many people, once kickoff began, it sort of seemed like a normal game? You know what it felt like? Yeah, I don't know if you remember this or not. About 10 years ago, maybe longer than that, we're getting old, you know, Kenny Chesney came to Riggs here in Starville. And it was like, you know, he only had like 100 people in there, and he was just trying to, you know, trying out his stuff he was going out on tour with. And it was almost like he had a private concert. That's kind of how you felt Sunday. It was almost like this is a huge event. Here are the Saints, the Bucks. There's Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. It was almost like you were at your own private concert. That's kind of yeah. how it felt. You know, you kind of laid back. It was, it was just like when the game started, you know, it was a football game, but it was it was kind of cool. Um because there were there aren't many people in there at all, um, and I know that maybe it's not a, a really good analogy, but man, it was it was um, it was so surreal. But when the game, like you said, when the game starts, you know, then it became football, and you know, just knowing what was on the line, you're trying to get to the essentially the final four, the NFC Championship game. Um, that's what made it. That's what made it fun. What made it special, but. Yeah, you know, that's why you kind of hate to see it end like that. That's the, the last three times the Saints have had their season end has been very similar, whether it be against the Vikings, the Rams, and now the, the Buccaneers, of, of just not being able to close it out in the fourth quarter. Turnovers, of course, do with them on Sunday, but uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, when the, when the game kicked off, it was uh, it was pretty cool to sit there and watch it. Yeah, Bart Gregory on your radio right now. He was at the ball game in New Orleans on Sunday. Bucks beat the Saints in the playoffs here, and um, Bart. There's much has been made, lots of conversation, this show and others, around the water cooler, people saying, you know, pretty obvious Drew Brees' arm, just, it's gone. You know, you hit a certain age and the strength, and I know he's been banged up too, but like the arm strength wasn't there, no velocity, yet you watch Tom Brady and it appears he can still zip it around. Was that evident in person? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why the other day was kind of so surreal. Is it wasn't just, you know, seeing the Saints lose. I think it was almost like it was a, a closing of a window, you know, the end of an era. Um, that's kind of how you felt, not just with Drew Brees, but with a lot of players. You know, Terry Fontenot in the front office leaving to go to be the general manager of the, of the Falcons. They announced that this morning. But, you know, Dan Campbell leaving. Nielsen is probably going to be the new defensive coordinator at LSU. And mm. you just had so many different, you know, you know, closing knots to that, uh, to that franchise with this era. And so now, all of a sudden, um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Right now, they're projected right at a hundred million dollars over the salary cap in 2021. They, I think the, the cap's going to be right at 175 million. And 
right now their commitments are right at 275. And so, um, you know, from a New Orleans standpoint, I, I know they would have Drew Brees back tomorrow. If he came back tomorrow and said, hey, I'm coming back for another year, they would have him. But at the end of the day, you know, if he retires, that sheds you 15 to $20 million off the, off your salary cap. And so, um, it's just, he's just a guy that, that, that kind of looked like he, uh, he kind of came to the end of his rope, like you said, Matt. And man, what a guy. What a, you know, what a job he did for the city of New Orleans. And he's been a great ambassador for that city. And that, that's kind of what, uh, what was so solemn about the game the other day in the ending is, is, you know, win or lose, that kind of felt like it was Breeze's last game in the dome. And, uh, and for them to go out like that, that's, that's kind of what makes it tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I know it was neat for you and, and your son to be able to be there, though, in the atmosphere and see what, you know, it's potentially we're going to look back and, and maybe see it as a historical moment. Uh, Bart Gregory on your radio. Hey, Bart, before we got about uh, four or five minutes left, Mississippi State baseball and the other SEC teams just dropped their baseball schedules while we were talking. Um, and I, I did it really? Yes. I, I, I mean, I I thought it was coming out, and then while you and I have been talking about the Saints, boom, here it is. It's on hailstate.com, and it's at secsports.com. And I know this affects you, so I was going to throw this at you and just kind of see what your reaction was. Um, State's going to open the season with three games at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, where the Rangers play on February 19th, 20th, and 21st. They're going to announce the opponents at a later date. And then State's going to open the home schedule with two midweek games against Jackson State on February 23rd and 24th. And that weekend, they'll host Tulane for a three-game series. How about that? Yeah, I know it's pretty cool. And I was actually talking to Ron Polk about that this morning. About you know, I asked him. I said, "Why did you never? Why, why didn't you ever schedule Tulane? And, and because it never felt like we played Tulane at all in non-conference play. And of course, we played some of some tournaments. But um, he was like, you know, I had a great relationship with Ron Mastry down at New Orleans, and so we always, you know, always played New Orleans instead of Tulane, just because of my relationship with Ron Mastry down there. But yeah, that's a great non-conference. Uh, then when you get into conference play. Matt, you are privy to it and seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, I literally have not seen the schedule. Um, I know we've got about we got a ton of home games in there. Yeah. You know, after going on the road, um, and I think we played you know Southern Miss very early uh, down in Jackson this year down in Pearl. But a lot of home games early in the season. You end the year at Vanderbilt. You know, two of the premier rotations in the country that last weekend. Uh, who, do, who do we open SEC play with? Okay, I've got it right here. The opening weekend of SEC play, State goes to, drumroll please, LSU in Baton Rouge, March wow. 19th, 20th, 21st, and then they'll come back and have your home SEC opener the following weekend, Bart, March 26th, 27th, 28th, State will host Arkansas. Yeah, wow. Well, well. Here's the thing. Everybody in the league, it doesn't matter who you say. I mean, everybody in the league is going to be so good this year. And it's like that every year. But, you know, LSU, I think what their preseason top 15, you know, 15, 16, somewhere there. But uh, but then you look around the league, Florida, you know, consensus preseason number one. Vanderbilt has got that great rotation. And, you know, Ole Miss is going to be unbelievable. We're, we should be really good. Uh, you know, Arkansas is always going to be good. Auburn's got a chance to be really good. You know, uh, uh, Tanner Fitz, Trevor, Trevor Fitz, no, it's Richard Fitz. It's Trevor's yeah. brother. Richard Fitz is the, is the Friday night guy at Auburn. And, boy, he had a great offseason. So, yeah, 
it's uh it's going to be a bear, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready mm-hmm. to roll. I am ready to jump up in that press box. I don't care how cold it is in late February. I'm ready to jump up there and let's talk a little baseball. Man, yeah. I'm ready for sunshine, sunburns. I'm ready to attend the SEC <laughs> baseball tournament in Hoover. I see. I'm getting the yes. cart the cart way before the horse. I missed the ba- the the SEC tournament last year. Bad. I missed it. Well, since yeah, you were talking baseball, the uh, governor's game has been canceled for this year. Yeah, you, Bart, we had a joint statement from State and Ole Miss. They're not going to play the governor's cup this year. Just said basically, it's like. There's no way to know for sure you can plan on that neutral site stuff being able to happen, so they're just putting it off, basically. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, where do you start the season with your stadium capacity versus where you end? I mean, that's that's what makes baseball so tricky, you know, and from a season ticket standpoint. Of hey, you don't know what the you know what the, the statewide orders are going to be, what the governor's orders are going to be from you know they're usually coming two week waves. You know, what's it going to be in February compared to what's going to be in May? And that, that's what's very intriguing about you know, all your tickets. Yeah, I thought it was going to be tough to have that because mm-hmm. you just don't know. That's the that's the thing, the unknown you know, three months from now. That's it. Bart, I appreciate you, man. Glad you got to be in the Dome this past weekend. And in less than a month, right out of a month, you're going to be playing baseball. So, Stay long now, Matt. And listen. You know, if anybody tries to steal my scooters, I'm going to get them back on the Twitter. Shamed. I'm going to, I'm going to shame you down if you try to steal anything from me. We're out here getting confessions because of Twitter. It is amazing what's <laughs> the power of social media. Bart, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Bye, man. Bye, man. Have a good one. That's Bart Gregory. He is at Bart Gregory on Twitter. You ought to give him a follow if you're into that. And you'll hear him and see him soon at a baseball stadium near you. We just got the schedule, so we'll kind of break it down for you next here in the Bureau. Stick around.